You thought we'd already shared everything that a pro songwriter knows that you don't? Think again. This episode, we're revealing more stuff that pro songwriters know that amateurs usually don't. All right, Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to the time! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That, after all, is the secret to success. You don't have to ask anybody's permission to get ahead and get an audience and make money doing what you love to do, but you do have to prove that the people out there like what you're doing and that it can be there's commerce involved, that it can make money, that it can be good for other people too. And that's mm-hmm. why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. See what we did there? It's so clever. There's <laughs> a fine line between clever and stupid. That's right. <laughs> that's a Baxter from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, a.k.a. The Word Man. Brent is a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Had a couple number ones last year in Southern Gospel. He's still turning and burning, running and gunning. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular gives you opportunities to access the pros, whether you're kibitzing in on a, on a meeting with the artists, or songwriters and publishers, or whether you're in on the meeting with that <laughs> publisher and you're getting to meet them. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns a Daredevil production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Listen, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. How you doing, yep. brother? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm stoked to dive into this one. I think it's going to be helpful. I think it's going to go be, a deeper dive. I think it's going to be thrilling. I think it's going to be chills, thrills, spills, and hopefully cure some ills. I don't know. Nice. All right. Well, before we get into more stuff that the pros know that the amateurs don't, some more behind the scenes, uh, pull back the green curtain on the Wizard of Oz kind of stuff, let's take care of some business here. Yes. First and foremost, if you're an indie artist and your song is completed, it's mixed, it's mastered, and you are ready to start putting together the promotional machine, which is going to require a lot of video content. And you'd like to get that song and maybe be featured on our podcast for the video content challenge, where we dream up a billion different ways for you to promote that song with video content. Send your content into info at daredevilproduction.com. Put VCC or video content challenge in the subject line, and we'll reach back out to you. Secondly, shout out to American Songwriter Podcast Network on americansongwritermagazine.com, americansongwriter.com, sorry. Uh And uh, that's a 36-year-old brand name. We're stoked to be a part of this platform. If you've been a longtime climber, go check out some of these other shows. It's all stuff that is in your wheelhouse. If you found us on that platform for American Songwriter, welcome to the climb. We love to have you. There's good stuff in here. Feel free to binge and ask questions. <laughs> That's right. 
And then join the climb community. It's facebook.com forward slash the climb community. Easy to find. You have to ask to be let in. We mm-hmm. let everybody in. And this is singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians. It's a thriving community. It grows every single day. No kidding. Everybody's sharing promotion ideas and tour stuff and hooking up with song rights and celebrating their wins in the right places, shouting out their gigs in the right places. This is a place where you can come, be validated, be supported, and get answers to the things of your day-to-day artist life, right? That's right. So we like to post new heights on Wednesdays. And so that's the time for you to share your your wins for the week, your music-related wins. I just want to share some from uh, some climbers that I've run across. So Sunday Joe Graham says, I have three different songs being pitched to a few different artists, including Chrissy Metz and Kelly Clarkson. Woo. And yesterday I became a co-coordinator for my NSAI chapter. And then suddenly you start to see the fruit of nice. your work. So awesome Sunday Joe. That's great. So she's getting some attaboys, girls there let's see here we'll just do a couple these are several of these which is fun larry pal who's also and he and sunday joe are both members of the songwriting pro membership too so that's awesome see them having wins larry was notified today that my song never doing this again morning made it through another pitch publisher so it's the seventh time for this to happen for this song perseverance is the name of the game so good job larry pal and let's see here Amy Carlock said, uh, I got an email from an artist who wants to cut a song I'd pitched a few months ago. I've gotten a local radio station going to play one of my latest releases. So congratulations, Amy and Sunday Joe and Larry and everybody else. I didn't get to read all your wins for the week. Just too many wins, but good job. Dude, I hate to bring a downer to this, but Dusty Hill just died from ZZ Top. Bass player from ZZ Top. What? The other beard. Thank you. Rest in peace, Dusty Hill. And thanks for those tunes, man. That was, that was a badass little band from Texas. Let me tell you. (laughs) That's a great little band from Texas. (laughs) So yeah, rest in peace. All right. We're like, congratulations. And whoa. (laughs) Oh God. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I just had to get that out there and pay some respects to the man. Throw that cold bucket on there. Okay. So subscribe to the podcast, wherever you consume your podcast or follow it. I think some platforms don't let you subscribe. You follow it. And uh, tell a friend about it, guys. If we're helping you and you're spending this much time with us, it's for a reason. You're getting something out of it. And the best thing you can do is, is mm-hmm. convince somebody else that, hey, like this is, this is where it's at. Go and find some good info here. So what don't I know? All right. So last, well, two episodes. So in episode 285, we revealed some stuff that the pro knows that maybe you don't. And I'm going to go over all those uh, partly because it's in episode 285 and partly because I don't have all those notes in front of me. So we're going to start with, we're going to give you five fresh new ones. So we're keeping the list going. None of this is redundant. So listen up. All right. So first of all, the pro knows that it is vital to pitch your own songs. I will do a little bit of this refresher. The pro, as I'm calling the personifying them, is kind of an amalgamation of lessons I've learned along the road from successes and failures. Also from pros that I've hung out with, that I've written songs with, that I've been at the same publishing company with, that I've just followed their stuff. So it's kind of an amalgamation that we call the pro, mm-hmm. right? So this is what the pro knows. So the pro knows it's vital to pitch your own songs. So there are several reasons you need to pitch your own song as a pro. First of all, nobody has as much writing on getting the pro's songs cut as the pro himself or herself, right? The pro knows mm-hmm. this. Hey, Nobody's career is as important 
you know, my career is not as important to anybody else as it is to me. That's right. Exactly. Nobody has as much writing on my career as I do because it's mine. So the pro also knows that's very difficult to get a cut, like way difficult. So every bit of help counts. It's like all hands on deck. The story, I've told this before, but I pitched crickets to the head of Broken Bow Records myself. My publisher wasn't into it. My co-writers were into it. So, you know, we demoed it up ourselves and did a guitar vocal and we were working on pitching it and just so have my pitch was the one that landed, right? It very easily could have been theirs. I just happened to get across the finish line first. And I pitched it to the head of Broken Bow and he loved it. He got it to Joe Nichols and Joe recorded it. And I'm glad I didn't just quote unquote, let my publisher handle it because that's what they're for. That's what they get paid to do, right? Is to pitch my songs. No, I'm like, I'm a pro. And this is something I had to grow in. I wasn't as good at this early on. I, I wasn't as mindful of this. I was not thinking like the pro. I was thinking a little bit more like the amateur going, well, my job is to write songs. Their job is to go get them cut. But over time, I figured out, no, my job is to write songs. That make money. Get them that cut. That make money. <laughs> that my job is to make write songs that make money. Yeah. Right. So I started pitching my own stuff. And sure enough, I've gotten some cuts out of it. So also pitching your own songs helps you create relationships. And relationships are created and strengthened through pitch meetings. And that's really valuable. They can lead to co-writes with the producer or the artist, as well as access in general to the artist's network. So the, the pro knows that getting his face and his songs in front of an A&R rep or producer helps create kind of brand awareness of him as a writer. So no producer is ever going to say, you know, we really need a Brent Baxter song to round out this album if he doesn't have any idea who Brent Baxter is and what kind of songs he writes. No one's going to say, man, we, we need like a Jim Lauderdale song. We need like a Jim Lauderdale kind of thing uh-huh. for this record. Because Jim Lauderdale is a mad scientist. He's he's a genius. He's awesome. He's he's quirky. He is Jim Lauderdale. No one else is. And so he's had cuts by George Strait and Mark Chestnut, just a bunch of people, Patty Loveless, and but he kind of does his thing. Mm-hmm. It's got his own little fingerprint on it. But if people don't know who Jim Lauderdale is, it's gonna take them a lot longer to figure out we need a Jim Lauderdale song, or we need a Bruce Robinson song, or we need a whoever it might be, kind of flavor to round this out. So getting your own stuff out there helps you create that brand where hopefully somebody identifies you and what you do. It can go, well, we need one of those type of deals yeah. to round out this record. They can't do that. They don't know who you are. It's the same reason Papa John's works so hard to put their name and their pizzas through your mind with advertising, right? If you're hungry, they want you to be hungry f- for Papa John's. You know, <laughs> they want you to be hungry, not just for a pizza, but for a Papa John's That's pizza, right. <laughs> right? Same thing with Pizza Hut or Domino's, whatever. Likewise, when an artist or producer is hungry for hits, you want them hungry for your hit, yeah, not just for a hit. You want them thinking you, like, we need to call Sunday. We need to call Bob. We need to call whoever, Brad, Chris, and Patrick. We need this kind of hit, yeah. right? So that's super important. I've, you know, I've had opportunities come from that where, you know, when I did start getting out, pitching my own stuff and setting up my own meetings and you get that thing every once in a while if they're loving your stuff. Go, oh, we need to get you with so-and-so. Maybe one of their writers or one of their artists. Right. You get in those at-bats. And I remember there's a, a baby artist on, I think it was on Sony, and I was starting to get meetings over at Sony with an A&R rep over there, and he's digging my stuff enough to let me keep coming back. And then I saw him out one time at a, at a music business event or whatever, this industry kind of shindig, and he's got a he's got that baby artist with him. I'm like, hey, how's it going, so-and-so? And we're chatting. He's like, hey, you should meet this person. 
hey, this is Brent Baxter. He's a writer. He's had Monday morning church, blah, blah, blah. Y'all should write together. You're darn right we should. And we did some. Now, his record never came out, but it's not my fault. You know, it creates opportunity. It's an at-bat. You know, we talk about reach and frequency. So much. You got to reach them, and then it's that frequency of pitching. So the pro knows you need to pitch your own dang songs. Can't just wait on other people to do it for you. So that's one of them. To your point, if you're constantly in their face for one reason or another, I mean, not like Mm -hmm. in an annoying way, but you run into them where they're at. And when yeah. you're out or over here or you're going in and making that appointment and meeting with them and they're slowly but surely they're starting to recognize your face more. They're starting to recognize mm-hmm. your energy more. And then you move from the unfamiliar to the familiar. I have a question for you, though. Exactly. Like, it's kind of like how do you get to seven? Yeah. You know, the same thing we would ask with the video content. Really challenge. How do you do that as a writer? It totally really is, right? So how did mm-hmm. you – like I'm Joe Blow from Kokomo. Let's just assume that I have a really great – competitive song i've got a great song mm-hmm. great recording how do i get my meeting with benny brown or broken bow yeah that's a whole different series of podcasts but but that's a good thing to address because some of y'all listening right now may be frustrated going well yeah that's great brent but i live in kokomo yeah. indiana or whatever how do i get there and it is a long process and you may be able to only start out going well, I'm going to pitch to local artist or regional mm-hmm. artist that I can get to because I can't get to Brad Paisley and I can't get to Luke Bryan or Carrie Underwood or Benny Brown over Broken Bow, whoever. So you need to start where you can, start developing those muscles, start figuring out what works and what gets results, that sort of thing. And there are and other PR, ways. PRO so, is I mean, a that's good one thing we start where you can get to some PRO is a, is a way to start networking and to start meeting people. I mean, you don't pitch to a PRO, but you know, it's a way to start networking and, and hopefully eventually you get to some people you can pitch to. I mean, that's one thing we try to do with songwriting pro. One of our things is write like a pro, do business like a pro and connect to the pros. And so on a regular basis, we have opportunity for you to get in front of a publisher or to get in front of a producer, have this event that looks like we're just getting locked down that will be getting you in front of an artist that is working on a record yeah. and you get a chance to get your song in your face in front of them. To hopefully get a cut. So there are some some opportunities through the songwriting pro community. And so they're hard to come by because they're drinking from a fire hydrant. And you also got riders lined up across the block just to, with a glass of water for them. And like, I can't have any more water. Yeah, right? Who have proven so, really awesome water <laughs> that makes money. Exactly. Really good, <laughs> really good Perrier's or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And so this is more about that. If you're in a position and you haven't been taking advantage of some of the um, opportunities you have to pitch, you need to start taking advantage of that. If you aren't in that position yet, then, well, guess what? You have all those opportunities in front of you. So you're not going to let a single one of them pass you by. You're going to have that mindset from the beginning, which I wish I did, Mm. which I wish I did. There's so many more pitch meetings and relationships I could have made pitching my own songs that I missed out on. Because I was just focused on writing songs, which is great and awesome. It makes the whole machine work. But man, you got to do the other stuff too. So I realize it may be frustrating right now, but just remember that as a part of the thing you're going to need to do. Awesome. And look for those opportunities to create those. So, but good question. Yeah. All right. Next one. The pro knows you can't settle for average. The pro realizes that there's a lot of mediocre music on the radio and records and even more of it getting played at writer's nights like all over Nashville. 
But the pro doesn't let himself start grading his own songs on a curve. Don't grade on a curve. The pro grades himself not only against the very best in the world, but against the very best that he or she can do, him or herself. The pro also knows that unless he's you know writing with the artist, he's fighting for the one or two of just a couple slots on an album, and he's competing against the best in the world. So even if he is writing with the artist, he knows he's still competing against the best songwriters in the world, at least the ones that are writing with the artist. The pro knows he better bring his best. You better bring best, yep. right? So you know, I've been guilty of this before. Uh, there have been too many times where I almost coasted with writing with a young artist as if they weren't really trying to write really good songs with other really good writers and co-writes, right? Almost like, oh, I'm writing with the artist. There kind of came a point where, and this was years ago, where it got to be like, oh, you got to write with the artist, got to write with the artist, write with, you know, write with a baby artist if you can, because I couldn't get to whoever at the time. So write with baby artist, hoping they get the deal or whatever, and writing with them, and in a way just thinking, okay, that's the magic button. I'm right with the artist. Great. And I do good work, so you know this should happen. Not really respecting the competition as much as I should, going, they're writing with really good writers on the days they're not writing with me. And those really good writers are trying to write something that gets on their record, too. Yep. It's not just me that they're writing with. It's not just me. Yeah. It's a different thing. Like this is still super, super competitive. So it's really competitive to try and write a song that just comes out of nowhere and gets cut, you know, isn't an inside the camp song, but it's still super competitive to try and get one in the camp because everybody's fighting like that third monkey trying to get on Noah's Ark, right? <laughs> I should have a publishing company, third monkey music. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's a reminder of how everybody's fighting. And you got to fight like that third monkey too, which means do your homework, show up prepared, show up, be professional, do your best to be a good hang, and then also to write the very best song for that artist that you can. I think, you know what? I I got something to say about that. I think um, in order to get into this business as an artist or as a writer, the first step is you really just got to be blown away by music, right? You just got to be, oh, yeah. you got to love, love music so much that you're like, I want to make this. And you got to be just so mm. unbelievably fascinated with it. Like that, the way I was, you know, everything turns you on. You know what I mean? Like literally mm-hmm. ba- back when, when I was a teenager and I could still smell the fumes. <laughs> I, this, I'm not even kidding about this, but. Well, let's, let's clarify that's due to sinus problems. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've had, yeah, multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I've had horrible Medical. sinuses my okay. whole life. Yeah. There's no, no other reason than that, but I, it's just, uh, but it is real and it is not good, you know, that I can't smell, but, yeah. but when I could smell, man, the fumes from the damn tour bus used to just, we're at a show right now, you know? Yes. Like, and it would just fire me up, bro. And, and I want to say great. one other yeah. thing too, like, because we're coming from this position of a fan first, right? We tend mm-hmm. to subconsciously compartmentalize ourselves away from our idols, right? And what mm-hmm. you're saying right here is, man, that can be your idol and you can worship that. And that's cool, you know, like as a music artist and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's also your competition. That's where the bar yeah. is at. Yeah. And that's what you're competing with. And so it's weird. So in a lot of ways, subconsciously, I think writers and artists, they, they're trying to compete with what they consider to be their class when the reality is mm-hmm. 
if the goal is to get cuts and get on the radio, your classes, Carrie Underwood, Keith Urban, Tim McGraw, like these, yeah. these, the people writing those Ashley songs. Ashley Gorley, Shane McAnally. These are the cats that, yeah, these are the artists that you need to cut them. Laura McKenna. And the people that write those songs for them, that's your competition. And I remember, it just brings yeah. me back to that story when we first got our first regional booking deal. I knew we were kind of in a bubble. You know, I knew we were really good. I knew that we had some, mm -hmm. we were doing stuff different and we got this amazing opportunity to sign with this regional booking agency that's, that would eventually put us out on tour for like a year straight. And we became super pro and all that stuff. But the first thing I asked was, who's the best band you got? And I'm thinking that, mm -hmm. like gritting my teeth, like, ah, this is going to probably suck. But let's, you know. And I got <laughs> to go see that band and got my ass handed to me on a silver platter. They were so yeah. much better than we were. And mm -hmm. it took my breath away. I had to regroup, right? I had to be like, okay. Yeah, and then yeah. decide like, okay, you just got school. This is where the bar is. I thought it was different. I thought I was pretty proud of myself right up until that night. And then I became like yeah. more motivated. So I think it's a good thing that you're looking at all this as your true and real competition with the Shane McAnally's and the Ashley Gorley's and the Ross Coppermans. And because that's, man, you better be writing like that. You know what I mean? And and yeah. get that breath going. And if you shoot for that, I mean, by the way, after that, we remarkably got better because all of a sudden I knew this is a different standard. And I knew mm -hmm. how to I knew how to do it. You know, like I saw it and I instantly yeah. got it, but I wouldn't have known that I had to do it unless I saw it. You know, and now it's like, okay. Man, I think too many of us carry the bar around on our shoulders. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like it just, just hiking around with it, you know, leaning on my shoulder and it's, it's not there. Yeah. It's not, that's a chip on your shoulder. That's not the that's bar. Right. You know, the bar is, is above you go, you got to jump up and get that sucker. It's like a $20 bill on the wall that we've talked about before. Yeah. You think you can jump so high and then somebody puts a $20 bill six inches above where your hand went. And then all of a sudden you can jump six inches yep. higher because you have a, a goal you're trying to hit. So that's the thing, man, you can't settle for average. And it's hard to tell what average is. Again, we carry our bars on our shoulders a lot of times, and that's where getting that feedback and getting your butt whooped can help and kind of show you where the bar is. That's where getting coached or going to see greatness uh, can help. But yeah, you can't just, just because you're writing a song, nobody owes it to you to cut your song. Nobody owes you that. You're not entitled to any of that. You got to go out and you got to earn it. Yep. And so if you settle for average, you're not even going to have an average songwriting and, and career. And not for nothing. You're going to have no songwriting career. In the professional world of the music industry, whether it's rec sound recordings or songwriting, um, the art is absolutely freaking objective until it's competitive. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes subjective. <laughs> right. But not until it's competitive. In other words, I can tell this is not good. Yeah. Until it gets really competitive. And then it comes down to all these other factors like, Oh, does this fit the artist's lane? Does this fit where they are in their personal life, in their career? Does it just just feel more like them than the other song? All the stuff that you can't really control and maybe don't know if you're not writing with right. The so circling back to what I said before, if you put my band up against that mannequin band that I saw, that was like the best band on the agency, and we played side by side, you would absolutely be the dumb consumer who saw the band for the first time, and you would say those guys are better than those guys. You mm -hmm. maybe you couldn't articulate why exactly you right. couldn't like break it down professionally and know all the nuance, but you'd be like, no, they're better. That's objective. 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Yeah, that's objective. <laughs> then it becomes you get good enough. Then it can, becomes the Beatles, Rolling yeah. Stones. That's right. It's not who's better. It's like who's your favorite, really? Because better that doesn't even apply, it, right? It, Just who's yeah. Now who's it's, then, then it gets whiskey? subjective after it's competitive. But you know, yeah, are you Beatles people or are you Rolling Stones yeah. people? You're both right. If I'm a songwriter, I would be every quarter. I'd be on your thing, man, on your pay for publisher, just mm-hmm. to hear what the songs are that got in the top ten. What that guy's saying mm-hmm. about those songs. Maybe I'm getting a hot take on that song. Like, this song is unbelievably killer. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes out and the publisher's like, man, that is a hit song in 1994. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> right. <"Dope."> you're like ooh. <laughs> I, I didn't see that yeah. coming. So you're staying on top of that trend. You're staying on top of the, mm-hmm. uh, of the bar. And, you know, you keep knowing where that first down line is. It's like that yellow line in the NFL that tells you where that first down line yeah. is. You know? So all I had to say about that. It's funny how that first down marker is always ahead of you. It's never behind yeah. you. Son of a gun. Funny how that works. <laughs> anyway. That's, I'm stealing that. All right. So <laughs> all right. So the pro knows it's super important to pitch your own songs. The pro knows you cannot settle for average. And the pro knows you better be wise with your money. Okay. So listen, the music business is a financial roller coaster if you're lucky. Okay. So the lows are guaranteed. Oh. Right. The highs are not guaranteed. That's why you're blessed if it's a roller coaster, because that means you had a high. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, this is a low skim across Otherwise the bottom. Otherwise, it's driving across so Illinois. Up- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm just driving across Kansas. <laughs> so you're blessed if you get up high enough to have a steep drop. But if you get up high enough, you're probably going to have the steep drop. So otherwise, it's just like low road all the way uh, from here to Colorado. Right. And it is for most riders. It's that. So. In either situation, whether it's low road all the way or roller coaster, it's important to watch your money closely. The more toys you put on a credit card, the more cuts you have to get to pay for them. Or the more day job you got to work, the more hours at your day job you got to work to pay for those. And the less time you're riding. The bigger the car payment. Exactly. The bigger the car payment, the less money you're putting back for a rainy day or to put back so you can quit your job and 
go chase your dream full time. And even if it hit happens, the pro knows this might be your only one. So he didn't blow it. He didn't buy the, you know, the hit house. Yeah. The hit truck, the hit pool, you know, that sort of thing. The pro doesn't let himself and get such bad shape financially that he has to sign over his share of a particular song's copyright to his co-writer's publisher just to cover a $300 demo bill, Eesh. right? Sometimes that happens. You can't cover that part of the you know, 300, your $300 demo bill. All right, well, you can just sign that over you know, your pub and then we'll cover it for you. That's uh, horrible. Do you want to be in that position over $300? It's not a big deal if the song never gets cut. If the song goes number one, it is a big deal with zeros on the end mm. of it. Do you want to be that? Like, maybe I shouldn't have, I don't know what's, you know, I shouldn't have bought that the top of the line gaming system last week because now this bill came in for this demo. I can't pay for it. And I think I'll just sign over my pub because I don't want to shell out to 300 bucks right now. But I bought that new guitar. That could end up being a $100,000 guitar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if that song gets cut. So you have to, you know, heck, we did a whole episode, right? On don't, maybe you should I never buy that thought guitar. about it that way. That could be a $150,000 yeah. guitar. Why? Because I bought yeah, that exactly. instead of paying for the demo yeah, and signing across my damn sign over my publishing yeah. so we could get a cut and then it got cut and it made all this money and that would have been my share had I not bought that effing car. <laughs> exactly. Sam Walton, who yep. started Walmart, Sam Walton mm -hmm. was a billionaire, still drove this rusted out piece of crap like 1950s oh, yeah. pickup truck and would go pick up, personally pick up his executive business guests who would come in from this brand or that brand they they would fly into yeah. arkansas he would always pick them up personally he wouldn't staff it out or send a, a limo or anything like that and they would walk out and like what the hell yeah sure you stuff in the back there we'll take a ride i mean number one they're super impressed that he showed up but number two that like the value of that truck was like maybe 600 bucks or something you know what I mean? but yeah. he didn't care they got him from point a to he point b to yeah you know exactly that wasn't what was important to him. Yeah, that's the TV telling you that so, you need a new car. <laughs> ex that is totally the TV telling you you need a new car. You know, TV didn't even, they're not on your team. Yeah. TV is on team TV. They aren't, they aren't on not team on climber, team. okay? Right. So that is for darn sure. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I mean, I remember when, when Monday Morning Church hit, I'm like, wow, this is kind of unrelated to the rest of my life. You know, this first big cut of any magnitude. And, oh, my gosh, it, no, now it's in the top five. Okay. And so when those checks start coming in, one thing, I moved out of Matt Klein's house, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, got my own house. But did I get like a big fancy house that I would need a Monday morning church every year or two to support? No. I got a cheap little house in Antioch. Mm -hmm. And it turned out it was a bad neighborhood. And we ended up moving after I found my wife. And we got together. And we're like, yeah, we're moving. Uh, we got tired of waking up to gunshots. But I wasn't looking for an impressive house. I was looking for... I got a nice truck, which I paid yeah. off. But it's like, let me just get a house that I can put my stuff in. I don't have a lot of stuff anyway. And mainly I want to be on the road, Lord willing. I'm going to be on Music Row every yeah. day. And that's where I'm going to be. And the mortgage on that sucker was like 400 bucks or something ridiculous. You know, it's like, good. This can ride out the low times that are going to come. Yeah. And so the pro doesn't let himself get in such bad shape that, he signed off his publishing or he's, you know, having to work those extra hours. You have to build it for the long haul. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You got to build this thing for a marathon and you want some stuff to ride out the, the ups and the downs for some people that might be, Hey, I keep a side gig, right? I keep a gig waiting tables. There's a uh, Michael Delaney, who's a hit songwriter. 
Uh, I met him over my major Bob days. He was right with Neil Thrasher, and they were getting cuts and hits together. Mm. He still waited tables. Mm. At that time, did he have to financially? I'm sure he didn't. He understood cash flow. He understood cash flow. He's probably living largely off <laughs> the waiting tables gig and probably stocking the rest of it back. Banking and yeah. Lord knows he may be on a beach somewhere today. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what's that look like for you? How do you build this thing to be sustainable? How do you get out of the debt trap? Billy Sheen. Because debt is a trap, man. I, Bible says the borrower is slave to the that's lender. That's right. So who are you giving over your power to? So one of my buddies, Billy Sheehan, man, like world famous freaking bass player, right? Like he mm-hmm. was in, uh, he's in the band called Talos. And then he was, he played with Steve Vai and David Lee Ross solo band when, like right when he came Ooh. out with uh, Eat Him and Smile. So that's Billy Sheehan all, all over right. that record, which is by, by the way, one of the best records ever made. Like you, whether you like or dislike David Lee Roth, if you're a musician, go listen to those tracks because the crap they did is mind blowing on there. This is not corporate yeah. C rock. This is like serious stuff. Like it's so good. Yeah. And then he started Mr. Big and he's been endorsed by Yamaha for 25 years. You know, this dude just, <laughs> yeah. just wakes up, he pisses excellence and he lives in the, he lived like right down the street from me in LA in this little condo that was paid for like 10 years ago. <laughs> and and yeah. he's like, I'm gone all the time. You know, he's got this beautiful wife, Elisabetta, who's Italian. Dude, they just, every time he's like, I'm like, I was the run, dude. Oh, it was killer, dude. All that money. Yeah, banked it. Like, genius. <laughs> genius. Genius, yeah. dude. Like, he just, and, and same thing, I think, with um, Zach, Zach Wilde. Zach Wilde has like a, like mm-hmm. 15 years ago, little super famous, super multimillionaire from Ozzy Osbourne, being Ozzy Osbourne's guitar player. That him and his mm-hmm. wife just, you know, they have this modest, house in suburban america and they make boatloads of money man they may they're living the dream but they don't spend i mean you know they're secure because what that is that's that's ego that's insecurity that's pride right or just going with the flow of the american dream says i gotta have this and i gotta have that and i gotta have that okay and i'm just sheeple going across buying what other people have because i feel like i need that no you really don't (laughs) I mean, are you trading all that for your dreams? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's we try to keep our overhead low uh, with our family. One, because hello, music business, you better keep it low or you won't have that head over that roof over your that's head right. anymore. So there's that. But also because we have other priorities. It's, it costs a lot of money to adopt. You know, so there are times we really cut things skinny so we could do other things that we want to do. So it's not even just about the music careers. Like, what else do you want to do? What's the best use of that? Yeah. So. Man, if you need to get on a budget, you know, some people hate Dave Ramsey, but you may want to check out Dave Ramsey to get out of debt. There are other things, systems, too, that you can use, and I would definitely suggest get financially literate because they don't teach you diddly about that in high school, no. college, really, about how to make a living and keep living and earning, but keep your overhead low. You don't need the whip just because you saw it on a cool video. Yeah, You don't need it. Save that money. Put that money toward your career. In the long term, you'll be a lot happier. That's right. That's right. Stay away so, from the have sisters, the three have sisters, good. Anita, Awana, and I got a have. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I mean, hey, as much fun as it is to buy like a hit truck, it sucks to have to sell yeah. it. <laughs> hey, fair enough, man. Oof. Yeah. Uh, that may even hurt worse than the joy of getting to buy it. So, all right. 
that's our financial talk for the there for the go. day. All right, next up. The pro knows you have to build your team carefully. So songwriting is a team sport. No songwriter succeeds on his own unless he's that rare singer, songwriter, publisher, label owner who runs 100 radio stations, right? I don't know of any of those. So it's going to take effort by several people to sustain success. The writer doesn't pick all those people, but he does have a say in some of those people. Like he didn't pick all the people like label execs, radio station execs, you know, all that kind of stuff, playlist curators, all that stuff. But he does have a say in some of the the team. So co-writers are hugely important. So the right co-writer can be a huge asset by being a talented writer, a great song plugger, and a networking powerhouse. Or the co-writer could be a lazy writer who's so toxic that nobody wants anything to do with him, including his songs. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to cut that. Then I looked at the writers and saw Joe Toxic on the writers thing. And I was like, uh-uh, I want nothing to do with that. Mm. That really could make the difference between a cut or not mm-hmm. if somebody is known to be toxic. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we just cut this other song that's just really just as good, too, but these people aren't crazy. Yeah, I don't have to deal All with it right. later on. Yeah. I don't have to deal with it later on. Don't have to see him. Don't have to be in my world. Don't have to worry about number one party or him calling the label and complain. No, just don't have to worry about it, right? Don't worry about him coming up to me at an after party or something going, when are you going to sing on my song? What'd you do with that bass? What was that? That crappy bass line. What? <laughs> I got to play bass better than that. What are you doing? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Publishers are very important too. All right. So core writers are hugely important. Publishers are really important too. Does the pro go with the first publisher that offers decent money or does a pro hold out for the best mix of draw song plugging and support? Yeah. With a financial thing. Hey, am I going to sign with this person just so I can say I signed a publishing deal? Yeah. But they've never gotten a cut. They don't know anybody, but I can say I signed a publishing deal. I'm professional. Well, do they have anything going on? No, and they won't answer my calls. They're so busy pitching songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Or do you hold out and hang on to your publishing for the right publisher? Or, hey, maybe you hang out and just hire an admin company if you have something to administer and just keep your own publishing. Whatever. These can be tough decisions with no clear answer. But the pro knows that you got to be patient and discerning. So you got co-writers and you got publishers. Each person on your team, each co-writer, each song plugger, et cetera, is like an individual stock in your portfolio. So each is an investment in terms of your time, your creativity, your energy, and, your, and opportunity. So you want to invest in a, if you invest in a bunch of bum stocks, you're going to go broke. Yep. If you invest in the right stocks and the value of, your, you know, then maybe the value of your portfolio goes through the roof. That's what we hope. And so you want to build your team carefully. How do they conduct themselves? Are they being professional? You know, it's that... I think of that old Jim Rohn quote that you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Do you have friends that you can rise with or do you have friends you got to rise above? Yeah. Or you're being pulled down too. Exactly. Exactly. The crabs in a bucket, right? It's not a Sarah Evans song. It's the thing about you put a bunch of crabs in the bucket. You don't have to put a top on it. Why? Because if one tries to climb out, the others grab it and pull it back in. So, definitely be thoughtful about who is on your team. I don't have time for negativity for people that are complaining and whining and find reasons why they can't do something. I don't have time for that. I'm like a wash in a sea of negativity. I don't need to hang on to an anchor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go be negative <laughs> over there. I'll go be positive with the positive people. We're going to get some stuff done. And then you can blame then you can be mad at me for leaving you behind or something or going big time, yeah. <laughs> you know, big time. Fine. He's big time. We'll, we'll live yeah. with that. Exactly. 
No, you were small time. Yeah, that's what was going on. That's right. <laughs> so Manny's small time in me. I got to get out of here. I love that. Uh, small time me. That's a t-shirt. Yeah. Bro. That's a freaking t-shirt. <laughs> Don't small time me. <laughs> Don't small time me, man. Go big or go home. So true. You need those people. All right. Here we go. Here's the last one. The pro knows Wow, the industry really does want positive up-tempo love songs. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Mm-hmm. So the pro knows that to maintain success over the long haul, he has to consistently provide artists, labels, radio, or streaming, or whatever, with what they want, which is usually positive up-tempo love. It's really as simple as that. The pro looks at industry tip sheets and sees that pretty much every artist in there is either looking for positive up-tempo or hits. And of course, most hits are up-tempo positive. So the pro doesn't spend all his time trying to push songs that the industry and listener aren't looking for. The pro knows he has to balance his or her uniqueness as an individual and creative with the needs and the wants of the mass market. It's kind of fun where they intersect with the market. And the pro is not afraid to be outside the box, but the pro does respect and understand the box. Mm -hmm. You have to know what rules you're breaking. Yeah, exactly. It's like you need to learn the trade before you learn the tricks of the trade. You got to learn the cuts before you get learn the shortcuts. You know, you got to learn the rules before you know how to break them in a way that doesn't break the whole song yep. or the business. That's right. Too many people try to be rule breakers, but they don't understand the rules and why the rules are the rules. Yep. They don't understand why the box is there and what the box actually is. They just go, I'm thinking outside the box. Like, That's the difference between being ignorant and uneducated or uh, yeah. being a student of the game. Exactly. And there the, pro- is and the pros know the difference. Yeah, or at least have a sense of it. I mean, nobody gets it right all the time, but you, you at least you have a better understanding, and you're yeah. you're taking educated shots outside the box, yeah. not just random stuff. So again, we're trying not to carry the bar across our shoulders. The writer must bring something unique that gives the artist team a reason to pick their songs. But the pro remembers that his songs are written for an audience of millions, not just for an audience of himself. And the artist knows that he doesn't always have to write up to a positive, but he knows that's where the most of the money is. So I remember hearing a speaker take from Gary Burr years ago. So Gary Burr is like a Hall of Fame songwriter. Tons of country hits and just too many to list. But anyway, so I used to you know get these speaker tapes from NSAI and I'd listen to these people like Gary Burr talking and, and he was giving talk and he's like, he used to do these just big old ballads and people are dying left and right in his songs right. or whatever, you know, all this heartfelt stuff. And then he wrote this dumb, fun song, and it's like a big old hit. Huh. And he writes a bunch of more ballads, and he writes this other fun song. It becomes a hit. And he goes, and pretty soon, I'm not the smartest guy, but pretty soon I figure out, like, happy love song, new car. Happy love song, new car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? I'm going to write ballads all the time. Yeah, you know, I can mix up a little bit. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, that's kind of nice having a happy song in a new car or whatever. So then it's funny. He said, like, mainly writing up tempo and happy and stuff. And he goes, but every once in a while, I'll just have to let the other stuff out and I'll level complete blocks <laughs> with my song. <laughs> you know, I'll just be so, so sad, so melancholy or so depressed or whatever, just level blocks. That funny. And that's fine. Then I'll go back to writing happy songs and, Make a good living. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, dude, you can do both, but just realize that most of the money is hidden under this rock called up tempo positive. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a pro, a pro means you get paid to do it, right? It's hard to call someone a pro if they never get paid for it. So 
if that's what you want, you got to realize the reality of the world as it is, not the world as you wish it were. But go, okay, what are they actually cutting? Oh, they're actually cutting this kind of stuff. Okay, well, I should probably pay attention to that. And again, coming from a mindset of service, if you're really coming from a mindset of what do you need, I will give you what you need. I will make it Mm -hmm. right here, right now, right what you need. What do you need? And go and listen to the radio. That's what they need. Yeah. So don't just, why would you argue with that? I know exactly. We make our own product and then we try to find a market for it. Why don't we just listen to what they're telling us? They're holding up help wanted signs. <laughs> yeah. Could we know. please have another up tempo love song, please? Awesome. Here's my bad. Here's a check. It is so good. <laughs> no. Didn't you just read the sign? We Did you not listen to the radio on the way over here? Here's my five-minute ballad. It's so good. One-minute epic intro before you get to the lyric. (laughs) Exactly. One-minute slow intro, slow picking intro. Slow build. Yeah. Slow build, (laughs) slow burn to your career. So that's what we got to do. So again, just to kind of recap, the pro knows it's really important to pitch your own songs. You cannot settle for average. Okay, so actually a couple stories I meant to tell on this lately is a couple weeks ago, I had a bunch of rights and I probably just wore my co-writers out. And I'm not sure if some of them are talking to me anymore. But one with a, a buddy of mine, I just actually just sent you the song yeah. earlier today. Killer. Was right with a guy and him and his producers, an indie artist and his producer. And, and so I show up. So they already got a thing going. But it's like, here's a track and here's, you know, I'm working on this melody and here's this title, blah, blah, blah. I was like, ah, it's okay. It's all right. What are you thinking about the angle on this? You know, they said, I was like, oh, I've kind of heard. It doesn't really stand out for me. It's like, I've heard a lot of that kind of stuff. Can we just kind of dig? And after a while, he was like, you song title challenging this? Yes, I am. <laughs> and yes, I am. And we just kept digging. And it was really me just probably pestering them going, ah, yeah, that'll work. It'd be fine. You could probably cut it, but. Yeah, Tim McGraw is not going to, you know, and just being just trying to not settle for average until finally something hit me. I was like, oh, there's a song that I started with one of my uh, coaching clients years ago. And this feels like it could be that like it kind of going that direction. Let me get a hold of him and see if like bring him in, bring this idea. And we all share in the song. And so I reached out to the guy, found his number, whatever. Said, hey, we're working on this thing. We think this title would be great for this. They're all about it. I'm right with an artist and the producer. Is that cool? It's like, yeah, man. Because it was his title he brought in to a coach ride mm-hmm. with me. And so we just whipped it into shape. And now the artist is loving it. The producer's loving it. He's like, I'm definitely cutting I'm this loving my it. EP. Dude, I, I, you're loving I was it. like, hell yeah. I pitched it last night because I just got the, the final mix in last night. I pitched it to a guy to label and he said things I can't uh, repeat on the podcast because he loved it so much. Nice. And so we're pitching it. Whisper and- them to me. I'll say them. I'll say them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will. No, but that's, that's one uh, of my artists that you did it with. And so yeah. it's funny. So thanks for the hookup. You, yeah. You sent me the uh, the version of it. And then like literally 10 minutes later, he sends it to me. Dude, what do you think? I'm just like, I just, Brent just <laughs> sent awesome. this to me. This is badass, dude. Like, this is great. <sighs> this is really good. But it was a lot of work on the front end yeah. to not settle. Yeah. And uh, by the way, the the writer, the coaching client who said we could we could hop on that, yeah, he loves it too. So everyone's happy. But it was it was uncomfortable. Like I don't know these guys very well. It's the first time I 
uh, written with either one of them. And just to be the guy that's going, ah, we can do better. We can do better. Let's just keep looking. And you got a track that already sounds cool and you got a good singer. So everything's going to sound good. And you're like, it'd be so easy just to go, oh yeah, let's go with that. Cause it sounds good. And I don't want to be a jerk. Yeah. But just holding out, like, let's try to make it as good as we can. I drove all the way out here to West Nashville. You know? Yeah. Since we're bothered showing up, let's at least put an extra 30 minutes on the front end to try and find the best idea. And we did. And they were like, oh, we love that idea. Okay, thank you. And then we worked our butts off to try to make it as good as we can. And, you know, who knows what will happen with it. But I know personally I'm a lot happier well, I, I'll than tell I would have been if we like, just, like, dove the in. The artist is, like, super pro singer, consummate pro, like, great guy, killer voice. Yeah, it sounds really good on the track. But you know what? There is a difference. He could sing the fire out of anything. He could sing the fire out of the phone book, okay? He could do it yeah. and make you believe it and make you cry. But there's something magical that happens when an artist like that sings – like a killer lyric and a killer melody. Yeah. It's just different than putting an amazing, super pro awesome vocal on a mediocre song that yeah. it just, that's stellar. That's going to get a cut somewhere. No, that's, Oh, we hope. Well, at least by him, if nothing yeah. else. So maybe y'all can do a video or seven on it. Um, that's right. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, and then I had another thing like that. The, the very next week is just digging in, digging in with another indie artist and another writer buddy of mine and just yeah i kept going back going that's good can we do something else to like structure it a little differently or put some ear candy at the beginning of it or do this other thing or whatever and just wearing them out and feeling kind of bad but at the end of it like everyone's super fired up about it and it's not because i wrote all of it or anything it's not that but just sometimes there's value just going can we beat this yeah what else can we do can we beat this? That's my favorite line. Yeah, can we beat this? Yeah, it's fine. It's good. Okay, play house money. Mm-hmm. Let's, we can always come back to this. Yeah. If we can't beat it, but let's just see if we can beat it. And so many times, I mean, sometimes you just hit a wall and you're like, oh, I just want to go home. Other times, like, I'm so glad we put in the extra work because it's so much better. Yeah. Now. now it's something I can pitch. Now it's something that if we don't get it cut by Tim McGraw, then that artist is definitely going to cut it. Either way, probably. You yeah. know, and, Great. There we go. And it's more than just, oh, here's this indie cut on this artist that hopefully Johnny will blow up into a huge artist. But it's so many more doors open because we stuck around. We did the work and we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. So don't settle for average. Be wise with your money. And the pro knows they really actually do want positive up-tempo love songs. It's a reality, not a cliche. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a cliche. All right. So this has been long, but hey, in conclusion, I just want to let you know. If you want to pick the brains of uh, inside the brain of other pros, I have a great gift for you. It's over five hours of uh, video interviews and content from the Songwriting Pro archives. These are usually just for uh, subscriber members to Songwriting Pro, but uh, we've just taken just a little sliver of all the goodies in the uh, in the site in the member area and made them where you can have access to it. So it's interviews with like Hall of Fame songwriters hit music producers, hit music publishers, take you into the demo studio. And so it's just like, it's diving in. And so if if this has been helpful to know what the pro knows, man, you can hear it from Hall of Famers. And you can get that at songwritingpro.com slash preview. That's songwritingpro.com slash preview because it is, it's a little sneak preview into the minds of a bunch of pros and also a sneak preview into the songwriting pro community. So 
Yeah, no charge. My gift. There you go, guys. All right, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure that you leave a rating and review, subscribe to the podcast, join the Climb community, tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.